Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy. Better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. You probably saw where MAGA, Nick Bosa's girlfriend, uh, is also uh, MAGA. If you didn't, if you didn't know, it was a big story. They caught some of her old tweet. You know, she's one of the white girls that like to say the the N word when she was in high school. Like to talk about the brothers and you know, you know, like with pieces of meat. You, you know those white girls that go to the predominantly white school, the predominantly uh, white neighborhood, and they, you know, they think of the brothers as the Mandingo warriors and whatnot. They like to sleep with us to, you know, make their fathers upset when they're mad. Those type of white girls. And she also, you know, drops some homophobic stuff. She's wildin'. Yeah, she's wildin'. Amanda Nick Bosa might want to watch out because she she already has dated a, a baseball player and has talked about her her goal in life is to be married to a dumb athlete to basically take his money in. And Maga Bosa's pretty dumb. So he might want to watch his back. He might want to reassess the relationship. But it got people talking about do athletes really care if their teammates are racist or politically not inclined to be supportive of black people. That's a that's a nice way of saying it. And they ask you a question. No, they don't care. They don't care. Um it's like the whole vaccine thing just so they they they, they don't really don't care. Especially football players. Football players are really you know, insulated in regards to things of, of, of that nature. Like, they don't care if you're gay. They don't care if you're black or white or love Trump or wouldn't let a, a, a black person in your house if they didn't catch a throw of football. Hey, they don't care about it. All they care about is, can you sack the quarterback? Can you run the ball? Can you block? Can you throw the ball? That's all they care about. Because their financial livelihood rests on other people's shoulders. You know, Nick Bosa, if he helps the 49ers get to the Super Bowl like he did, that makes everybody pockets fatter. Everybody pockets are fatter. And in the end, that's all they care about. It's the cash. It's the cash. You know, there, there's 53 people on the team. And most, I mean, they just don't care. Richard Sherman said it best. Yeah, you know, as long as they're not racist to my face. That's a, that's a, that's a hard, 
thing to deal with. And, and I'll tell you why. i just give you an example. Because, you know, I keep it real with you. Like, I have two neighbors. One is, like, ex-military. And one, I'm pretty sure, is a detective or social on a cop or something. Or work security or used to be a cop. Right? So, ideally, you know, both of those guys are very pro-law uh, enforcement. And they're not shy about it. They're very pro law enforcement. And if you, you know, your blue lives matter, you think you have to wonder to yourself, you know, what do they really think about black lives matter? What do they really think about black people or the protest, the George Floyd? And, you know, do they always think that, you know, uh, they deserved it when they get shot in the back and all of that stuff, right? But then, you know, these same, you know, these same neighbors will be barbecuing and bring ribs to my house. <laughs> you know, like, hey, I had some extra. You want some? His wife makes a pie, <laughs> offers us pie. They give treats to, to Barkus. <laughs> yeah, they're nice to the dog. Very nice to my wife in the baby. So, like, how do you reconcile that? Like, I don't know for sure, you know, what their political beliefs are, what do they believe about protests, black people in general and stuff. The only thing I know is that, to my face, they're nice to me. And I get that's kind of what Richard Sherman was trying to say. Like, if I went through, and, you know, I'm not going to do it, but I'm sure if I went through their social media, you know, maybe I see some stuff that I didn't like. But, if I, but, you know, that goes both ways. If they looked through, you know, my social media and was like, you know, saw what I had to say about cops and stuff like that, they may feel a certain way too. You hear what I'm saying? So it's not like a, like I say with, with, with many things when, when dealing with a race, it's not always a black and white issue. It's a gray issue. Like they know that MAGA Bosa is MAGA. They know he loves Trump. They know his white girl, you know, said she was an N-word maggot. Man, maggot. A magnet, excuse me. They know all that already. You know, but as Richard Sherman said, you know, he, he knows how to navigate his way around a locker room. He's he, he The black people that he likes are football players. Or teammates. You know, is he going to go hang out, you know, with the brothers, you know, at the club? Probably not. You know, when he leaves his job, you know, he's back in his MAGA bubble. But he probably sees it as two different things. I was going to go on live and tell a story uh, uh, about that. I might still do it. I have time. But the story goes pretty much like this, right? When I was in high school, I went to a, from, I went from a predominantly black elementary school, like K through eight, and then my mom wanted to keep me out of trouble, so she sent me to this Catholic high school, which is predominantly white. So that was really my first real experience uh, with white people, right? Freshman year is, is you know it's going all right or whatever. It's this guy uh, named Tony Italian. Uh, 
that I befriended, that came, I was friends with. We ate lunch together, hung out after school, played basketball, stuff like that. Uh, nice kid, right? One day, I forget what happened. Something happened, and, and we got out of school early. You know, I, I don't know. Some either it was a half day or something, but we got out of school early, and Tony was like, "Hey, come to my house and come play some uh, Nintendo." <laughs> uh, I think it was Nintendo back then when I was in high school. What was the PlayStation? Maybe Sega. It's a long time ago. So I'm at you know Tony's house because you know I used to have to catch the real bus home, and my mom didn't get home to like. She got off at 5, and, she, you know, she didn't get home to, like, 5.30 or something. So, a lot of times, you know, school's out at 2 o'clock. You know, we hang out and stuff, and, you know, I take the bus late back and get back right before she got home. So, I'm just hanging out with Tony, you know, playing Nintendo or Sega or something or whatever. And his pops comes home. Big Tony. <laughs> um, uh, it comes home from work or whatever. And... Pops is cool. Pops is nice. You know, hey, this is Rob, Rob and his friend in the school. And he's like, nah, da, da, da. And we're talking. And, and me and Big Tony and Little Tony all having a good time. Then Big Tony turns on the TV, right? And watches the news, right? Big Tony watches the news. And you know how the news is. It's always about, you know, black people. In a negative light. So some murders or something like that. Some robbery or something. On the news. And I heard Big Tony saying. You know. F them. In words. You need to get rid of them. Like real loud. I'm sitting right there like. Big Tony know that I'm black. Or. No. Don't forget. I'm like. I'm 15 right now. Uh, Big Tony know this. So I felt like uncomfortable. So I. I end up leaving. And then next day, you know, Tony's trying to hang out. Look, Tony, trying to hang out again. I'm still feeling a little uncomfortable. And I'm, you know, he's like, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, you know, your pops just was, you know, dropping, you know, in words. And, you know, I'm sitting right there. And little Tony looked at me in the face and said, oh, you're not like the mother in words. <laughs> you're not like the mother niggas. You know, like it just like deadpan. And it was the first time I really understood that white people separate black people into little boxes. Like the good blacks and the bad blacks, the smart blacks, the the hood blacks, the corny blacks. You know, everything is a little box. So it's like, you know, you could be black, but you're not black like them. <laughs> it's a, a hard lesson to learn about people. At 14, 15 years old. And that's how sports is. Is It's almost in a reverse way. It's like, yeah, we know this white guy is, you know, a little out there. But he's our white guy. You know, it's like a totally different society within the sports realm. And it, it just doesn't go with race. It goes with everything. You know, the Cowboys didn't have no problem with Greg Hardy. On the team, Jason Witten, I believe both his parents or some, his mom was like a domestic violence survivor and he had a big, uh, he has a big uh, charity and all of that stuff. They asked him to, to welcome Greg Hardy to the team. 
And he did it. Now, he may not like the man, personally, but you welcomed him to the team. So, in the end, you may sit back, we all sit back in our chairs and wonder how a black player, knowing who Maga Bosa really is, knowing what his girlfriend is talking about and pondering what they may be speaking about doing pillow talk, could just let that slide, but what are they going to do? They got to worry about their family and their careers. NFL stands for not for long. And the better your team is, the better the players are, the the more likely you're going to get paid and your career is going to be extended. So they look the other way. What in the blue hell? You know, it's not Brittany Renner's fault that P.J. Washington is upset. Like, if someone is very clear about who they are, what they are, what they stand for, you can't really get mad at them for being who they are. Now, some people fake it, and you think they're somebody else, but they're really somebody totally different. This is not the case. And this is not someone that has changed all of a sudden. This has been like this for a while, for years. Since she came on the scene. You knew this, my brother. And you still chose to partake. Now, what I've been told in the streets is that the problem is, you know, PJ wanted, you know, her to basically be a stay-at-home mom. And now that the Rona's over, she won. Well, not over. The Rona's definitely not over. Let me take that back. Now that the Rona is in a situation where people know it's still out there, <laughs> but we have a vaccine and they're just willing to take the risk, she wants to be back. You know, doing a thing. She want to be confined to the house. Probably the worst thing that happened to PJ Washington was the coronavirus. In the sense that nobody really could do anything. So you were confined to the house. And, you know, there's only so many things you can do, you know, when you're in the house by yourself. With the young lady, if you smell what the rock is cooking. But now all of that's over. And, and she wanted to be back out there. And he didn't like it. And now you see where he's at. You can't be mad. You can't be doing your Drake lyrics. You can't be doing your Justin LaBoy lyrics, respectfully. You knew. You Everybody knew. You know, everybody knew. Like dating Black China. Or the Kardashian. I mean, you, you know up front what you're dealing with. <laughs> Can't cry now. Even though he may cry, you know, watching those IG stories of, of her at the club. May shed a tear. She can't blame her. That's on you, my brother. That's on you. Shit up, bucko.
OJ says um, he knows where the, the real killer is at, and that's why he don't come back there. I like said he might run into him at brunch. I mean, it's possible. I mean, LA is a pretty big place, but I guess it's, potentially you could run into him at brunch. I mean, it's possible. It's a possibility. I've always believed, and this is just me. I'm not pushing this on nobody else. I always believed that OJ, while involved, wasn't necessarily the guy that plunged the knife into Nicole uh, and, and Ron. Or maybe Ron, but not necessarily Nicole. I always thought there was someone else there. Now, the, you know, my theory which you can read on the site if you if you go search, is that it was OJ's son who was, you know, the stronger uh, of the two at that time who had something to do with it and fit the description a little bit better than the juice at the time. And OJ's just been protecting this kid all this time. Hold on, need some water. Fiji, it's very, very refreshing. That's always been my thought, you know, that it just, it just couldn't be a one-person job, and with the amount of blood, I'm not suggesting you go see the crime scene pictures, but they're definitely there, uh, or out there. The amount of blood that was shed you just wouldn't find a drop on a sock or a small very small spear on a on a on the side of the, the bronco like that some of this stuff just doesn't it doesn't add up it just doesn't i always thought that the the problem with the LAPD is they're so corrupt even if they have a slam dunk case they always try to make it they, they 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 add a little extra, a little hot sauce to it. And you can do that with people that can't afford high-priced attorneys. You can set them up. You can add more evidence. You can, you can plant more evidence. You can not follow the proper procedures and, and do all of that stuff. You can do that to people that are using a public defender. But when you do that stuff with someone that has some money, and that can expose it, and that's going to look for every little crack in your case. Go searching for, you know, people saying the N, you know, your cops saying the N word. You, you're going to have a problem. But the case, there's problems with the case. Let's look it up right here on the Googles. Problems with the O.J. Simpson case. There's a little doc that uh, they have this. I read it from time to time. Let's see. Let's pull it up here. This is a little doc. Oh, man. They, they, oh, now they charging for it. It used to be free. Oh, here we go. Here's another one. Nope, got to unlock that too. 
Mm. Man, they're hating. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, a lot of problems with the case. I found some. I found some. Like, uh, I was going to go over a few that... Oh, the first one, yes, is the location of the case. You know, they, they should have did it in the... If they wanted to get OJ, regardless of the evidence, they should have tried the case in the white area in Santa Monica. But instead, they did it in downtown L.A., where there's a lot of, you know, obviously a, a mixed race. And at the time, the LAPD uh, was not the favorites of of anybody <laughs> at that time. So, yeah, they, they lost the jury pool. Obviously, we know about Chris Darden putting on the gloves. Uh, the, the 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 closing arguments were bad. Obviously, the the cops just really really bad. The DNA didn't quite match. Uh, Van Adder, Detective Van Adder, was holding blood in his car. It's just really 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 bad. It's really, really, really bad. But I always said that there's it's, it's not as simple as just the juice did it. I don't believe it. Do I believe that he knows what happened? Absolutely. Do I believe he was involved in some way? I do. Do I believe that just he by himself uh, was able at his age and his physical limitations was he able to take down two people in that way get away have pretty much no blood on him and then casually you know take a flight to Chicago and act like nothing happened mm, that's a little bit of a stretch that's a little bit of a stretch we may never know unless he does a, like a deathbed confession or something. We may we may never exactly know. That's that's the tough thing about some some crimes, especially when the person is acquitted. You know, obviously they not, you know you get double jeopardy, but ooh, big yawn, ooh, tired. But uh, but yeah, just go read into it. I know everybody, you know, OJ did it, you know, he did the book, What If I Did It, because OJ's dumb and egotistical. But something is totally off about that case, but you got to be careful when you talk about that, you know, in the streets, you know how it is in 2021, they'll try to cancel you. The Injustice League. You know, the baby. Or little baby. It's a lot of babies. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of babies. Now, people used to take a little bit more, or rappers used to take a little more pride in their actual stage name. Now everybody's Lil. Everybody's Lil. Lil this or duh. Lil or duh. They take a little bit, you know. People used to take a little more pride, you know, in the 80s, in the 90s. A little more pride. You know, Biz Marquee, R.I.P. Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One, you know, EPMD, the microphone doctors. 
LL Cool J, Cool Mo D, Houdini, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. You know, yeah, yo, you know, MC Hammer. You take a little more pride in their names. A little more pride in their name. Now everybody is little and king and like and duh and a lot of babies. You know, stuff that don't make no sense. No no creativity anymore in the name. You know. The the only one that's probably I was okay, that make NBA young boy. Like I I get that. You know, never broke again. At first I thought it was talking about basketball, but that's that's not bad. You know, Eminem, that's a good name. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre. Easy E. You know what I'm saying? Like, you take some thought. Now it's just the baby. <laughs> what type of name is that? Lil Baby. Come on. Lil Baby. The Baby. Anyway. The baby uh, learned a valuable lesson. He learned a valuable lesson on the difference between being the baby and Lil Boosie, right? Like, you have to understand where you are as an artist in the grand scheme of things, right? You know, Lil Boosie is always going to be Lil Boosie. Like, there's a level that he's not going to get further than. So he can say certain things and get away with it because the audience that he caters to, uh, Basically, he doesn't have anything to lose. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. He's not gonna lose anything from saying, you know, wild stuff. The baby uh, was crossing over into a different branch of audience. When you start that crossover, you have to be real careful in the things that you say and the way that you move. And he found that out, you know, the hard way. That's the difference between the baby and Lil Boosie. Now, also, you take Kanye. That's on the the opposite level. Meaning that Kanye can say pretty much anything and do whatever crazy thing that he wants to do. But he's on such a higher level that he can do it and just, you know, do a couple of shows at the at the. At the dome, and everybody's back loving him. See, you know, the baby was in the middle level. He was on the rise, but he wasn't high enough to where he couldn't be replaced. They can find another the baby. So you can't really find another Kanye. He's, he's kind of his own entity right now. So who cares if you try to sabotage? I guess you know. Well, you should care, but you know, who cares if you try to sabotage an election and? Supported a ra- uh, openly racist and walked around with a Make America Great hat. Who cares? <laughs> He's floating, levitating at the dome. We love him again. And the baby learned it out the hard way. You have to be able to be at a certain level to sustain uh, yourself. And he was not. And now he's kind of stuck. <laughs> a tough place to be stuck in because I mean when you getting I knew it was over for him when he was you know Elton John 
Madonna. Like these are big time people coming out at you. And it's interesting to me because these festivals and whatnot will literally sign on artists that are on like trial for like Rico charges, you know, drug dealing. I mean, damn, in Lil Baby's case, he murdered a guy. They don't care about any of that. Half the roster, what was it, what was it, Pooh Shiesty, like shot two people in two months. He had two shooting cases, attempted murder cases, pending. But they're like, we're replacing the baby with Pooh Shiesty. And I'm not trying to, you know, equate anything that the baby said to Pooh Shiesty or, or G Herbo or any of these guys, but you know, he said some words. These people are actually, you know, trying to shot, shot the man in the ass. I mean, which one's really worse? And like in reality, are words worse, any type of words worse than shooting somebody in the ass? But that is 2021 and, and that's where that's where we're at right now. The new Suicide Squad was was pretty good. I have to be honest, it's it's not one of my favorite DC properties. I'm really more Harley Quinn and then everybody else is like, okay. It's definitely... Here's the interesting thing about it. The, The first Suicide Squad, I think, had a better roster. It's just that the... And I think they had better chemistry. I just think that they were failed by a terrible script and a, not a very good villain and a, not a great ending. Um, it's one of those movies that it's it, 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 it's it's not bad. <laughs> just the ending. It's like it's just like you don't care about the end goal. You just the just you care more about you know the way they interact together. So I think this one has a better script and a better cohesion in actually storytelling. I don't know. I just don't think it was as fun, if that makes sense. Uh, but I thought it was good. The, the pro- make, Probably the issue that I got is that I have a, a mouse rat phobia. I don't even know if it's called phobia. I just, I just don't like them. So, I mean, that was, it's, a, you know, not trying to spoil it, but let's just say it's a lot of rats uh, in it. Uh, a lot of rats. It's a lot of rats. And also, I mean, I, I got a little bit of a, I don't know if you would call it a starfish phobia. You know, I, I, I don't, it's not really enjoyable to see, you know, a big old starfish with stuff flying out of his body, uh, attaching it to people's faces. That's a little, that's, it's a little much for me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought I liked I liked the movie up to the to the end. I, I didn't you know I, I you know the the early kills I thought was just kind of cheap. But I did like the middle of the movie, like pretty much everything from when they get on the island and they they go to to save. Uh, flag 
I like that part. I like the little Harley Quinn offshoot part. I kept watching the movie and saying, how did you mess how did you mess up that Harley Quinn movie? That should have been a billion dollar movie. But that's once again, that's the whole culture thing. And you know, love Margot Margot Robbie, but trying to make that into a sister power movie instead of making a Joker and Harley movie was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, Marcus, that was a mistake. If you make that movie until a Joker and Harley movie and really like a prequel that franchise would still be going but alas we don't know where it's going to end up if you want to venture out to the movie theaters uh, next week a movie that's much better than the Suicide Squad best movie I've seen this summer maybe this year, is a free guy with Ryan Reynolds. Trust me. It's, it's the best movie that you've seen all year. Probably, let me see. I've, I've watched a few movies this year. The, the worst, well, the Wonder Woman come out this year was that that was Christmas, right? That's the worst movie. I thought Black Widow was like solid MCU movie. Um... What else? Space Jam was that was all right, a little long, but it's okay. But Free Guy, that's a, that's a good, that's a good movie. Check that out. I guarantee you, you will be happy uh, about that. Best movie of the year, better than Suicide Squad, better than all of this other stuff. I still don't have a, we still don't have a Spider Man No Way Home trailer. Uh, we got the Venom trailer, but that looks like it may get pushed back. All because of the the Delta Lambda Lamb variant virus or whatever, you know. It's, you know what's the funny thing about that? I meant to talk about it in the the, the previous segment when I was talking about the baby. Is low key on the lowest of keys. Almost all the people that are telling you like not to get vaccinated have been vaccinated. Like the the politicians and stuff, you know. Like Trump and, and and that crazy senator lady and the guy that you know like likes gets the seventeen year old hookers and stuff, they all been vaccinated. All the governors, all the mayors, all the people that send it, they've been vaccinated. And if they got sick, they'd be taking a bunch of experimental drugs that aren't even FDA approved. Trump has so many experimental drugs, and I'm surprised he didn't turn into a mutant, which we're still waiting for in the in the MCU. One last thing before I get out of here is that um, we have a new newsletter that comes out sometimes twice a day, sometimes once a day. Uh, it's uh, bsoent.substack.com. And the reason that this is important, not just because it's the regular newsletter with all of the good stuff uh, from BSO on it, is that for $5 a month, if you subscribe, you get exclusive content. That is too hot for TV, too hot for the actual website. For instance, Monday we have an interview uh, with one of the IG uh, massage ladies that did up uh, Deshaun Watson. And you can only get that if you subscribe uh, to the newsletter. It's a seven-day free trial, so you can check it out uh, for free. B-S-O-E-N-T dot substack dot 
com. Seven day free trial to check it out. Exclusive content. I got a lot of stuff that uh, I don't think I would want to put on social media, but for the loyal subscribers, you get to see the real uh, about what's going on. So be sure to check it out. I'll be sure to tweet it out and Facebook it and all the other places. And you can see it underneath the articles on BSO as well if you want to subscribe. I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, B-S-O-T-V. Big shout out to ABF Creative for helping put this podcast together. I'm out.